for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Matt Barrows, who covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic, about week two of the preseason. The 49ers have some joint practices this week against the Minnesota Vikings. They've also made some changes in the secondary with Darquez Denard being cut earlier this week in favor of the youngster fifth rounder out of Toledo, Sam Walmack III, a guy to pay attention to who could be in there at nickel corner for your 49ers week one against the Chicago Bears. Also, what does the interior offensive line look like, and what are the Niners dealing with with the injuries to the secondary? All things we can talk about with Matt Barrows, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, August 17th. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the podcast, Matt Barrows. He, of course, covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic. Matt, what's going on, man? We got a preseason game under our belt. How are you doing? One preseason game, uh, another coming up, and then uh, a, a third, the finale, short after that. And that's got... Uh, it's got Kyle Shanahan really nervous, uh, sort of upset over the schedule, I think. It's no no sweat off my brow, of course, but uh, um, it, it seems that uh, that's uh, the way it's gone. Just the schedule, the required off days has uh, Shanahan a little bit hot under the collar. What about those off days is bothering him? I know he mentioned, and we'll get into some of the, the injuries to the secondary, and he mentioned some of that as it pertained to uh, the hamstrings of, of Jimmy Ward and maybe Charvarius Ward and some of the other soft tissue stuff these guys are dealing with. But why is that, why is that such a bother? Is it just the three games in 14 days? Is that the issue? Yeah, I think that's the main one. So it's a lot stuffed together. And, and of course, they have the two joint practices with the Vikings in that same span. It's also the you know the mandatory days off. I mean, you have to have days off after the... The preseason games, and remember when camp started, they were on for four, a day off, and then another four. And he said that all of the soft tissue stuff has come after the day off, um, sort of implying that well, if, if they had just had a light practice or something, they wouldn't have had this sort of stop-start issue, which has led to uh, a, a few soft tissue injuries. And really, just about the whole starting secondary has been affected in one way or another, and so... That'll be interesting to watch uh, against Kirk Cousins and that top Vikings offense. Got some good receivers in Minnesota. So it'll be a test of uh, some of these younger guys when they're in uh, Egan, Minnesota this week. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen, these guys you're going to have to deal with, obviously, just the, the preseason and these joint practices. But in terms of how concerning this should be for the status of week one, Jimmy Ward, Charvarius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, is there somebody else I'm missing back there that's banged up as well that, that we should be worried about? Because this was a, a position group that I think got stronger as last season went along and they sort of ironed it out. But it's also not a very deep position group. You and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago in terms of having depth behind some of these guys. It's inexperienced, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and uh, it seems like Ward is the only one at risk of missing week one. I think uh, Emmanuel Mosley. Which Ward? I'm sorry, I should have I should have been more specific. <laughs> Jimmy Ward, uh, the, okay, the, right. the free safety, and, and he's the captain of that unit. Uh, so that's a big deal. I think that Emmanuel Mosley will be back next week. I think Traverius Ward will be back right after that. And that's uh, that's fantastic. That, that, they'll have a, a long run-up for the game in Chicago, but, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Ward is the savvy vet. He's the guy that likes to hit. He's what they call the eraser, the guy that kind of uh, makes up for others' mistakes in that secondary. Tarverius Moore has will, will probably fill in for him. You know, he's got speed. He's got everything. You know, his uh, his instincts, his tackling angles, things, things like that, I, I still 
feel like uh, those are lacking in his game, and um, it's a step down. I mean, there's no two ways about it when you uh, when you go down to the uh, the uh, the understudy, and uh, you know that'll be something that I'm sure the Chicago Bears will be king in on as they uh, get ready for Week One. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs uh, uh, did beat Tarverius Moore uh, pretty badly uh, for a touchdown catch in that, that week one game. By the way, uh, so we've, we're going to have to keep straight which ward we're talking about, Charverius or Jimmy. We're also going to have to really enunciate when we go Tarverius Moore or Charverius Ward. Uh, have, you, have you put much thought into that, Matt? There's also a Jalen Moore as well. So right. there are two right. Moores, there are two <laughs> wards. There's a Charverius and a Tarverius. So, uh, yeah. And then there's always the uh, the Kyle Juszczyk just looming there. You never know where to put the Zs and the Cs and the Ys. So it's a challenge every day covering this team. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to uh, make, make sure we clarify some of that stuff as we get through the season. Uh, in terms of some other stuff we saw week one of the preseason, you know who really stood out to me was Ray-Ray McLeod. I know we're going to see him in the uh, in the uh, the special teams game, and, and he was signed to kind of be a, a receiver or a, a returner in that unit, but I was looking at him as a receiver out of the slot. I, I think this is a guy who's going to help them sort of spread the field, not just vertically, but sort of horizontally. He's a guy who could help you outside the numbers, obviously had a nice touchdown catch. What do you think about Ray-Ray McLeod and what we saw from him and, and what maybe we will see from him in his usage going forward. Yeah, I call him one a day Ray Ray because uh, in practice he, he's good for one big play a day and that's pretty much without fail. And uh, that carried through to the game too. And, and that's what uh, coaches love to see. They love to see the guys who show up in the practices also do the same thing in the games. And, and that's what Ray Ray did. And, and they they move him all over the field. I was watching some film of him from from Clemson. Uh, people should go on YouTube and look up the uh, the Clemson-Ohio State bowl game. He was in the backfield. He was in the slot. He was used as a blocker. He was outside. And uh, he was really used in Pittsburgh as a slot, pretty much primarily. The 49ers certainly use him there. He played a lot of that on Friday against the Packers, but they also used him outside. I've been seeing him in the backfield. He's sort of a mini Debo, if you will, uh, he's probably 30 pounds lighter than, than Debo Samuel, but um, he, he's tough and he's versatile. And, um, you know, those two things uh, really appeal to Kyle Shanahan. So I agree with you. I thought he looked good. He did have the fumble. It was a helmet-to-helmet blow, though. I, th- I thought the, uh, the officials missed that. But um, I think he's somebody who really meshes well with what Shanahan likes and what they already have. And Samuel and, uh, you know, George Kittle, just a tough guy who can run after the catch. You can line him up everywhere. Keep the defense on, the, on their toes. That's the name of the game for the Shanahan offense. I looked at him like a, uh, like a rich man's Richie James. That's kind of the way I was looking at him. Yeah, I think that's a good one, too. <laughs> a, a rich man's uh, a Richie James or uh, a, a poor man's uh, Debo Samuel. Or, Debo yeah, Samuel, I, yeah. I think Devin Hester is a, is a big inspiration for, ah, yeah, okay. for, for Ray Ray uh, McLeod. So any of the above, I think, works. Nice. Good deal. Uh, you know, somebody else I wanted to talk about, I should have mentioned it when we were talking about the secondary, Sam Walmack III. Uh, how, how surprised were you the Niners on Monday went out and, and cut Darquest Denard? I had written down when we were up in the press box during that game, hey man, this guy Walmack may be able to help out at nickel corner this year. Now he may just be the nickel corner. Darquest Denard gets cut on Monday. Uh, how surprising and, uh, and how impressed were you with Sam Walmack III? Big time on both questions. I mean, uh, Womack was, uh, you know, on, on his man like glue in that game. That that second interception was just terrific because he, he turned around at, at the right moment and uh, there was the ball and he had the wherewithal to, to take it. And the first one, you know, the, sort of the, the scouting, inside scouting stuff on him is that he's a, he's a smaller guy. He's around 5'11", 
Uh, and those guys are usually sort of typecast as the uh, as the nickel. But he's got these longer arms. I mean, he's got arms that are more suited for a 6'2 guy. And you think, oh, okay, I mean, how much is that really going to come into play? But then you saw it right away on that first interception where that ball was a little bit behind the receiver and it allowed the defender to get his arms in there. And, and that's what Molomak did. He used those long arms to basically dig out the football and come up with uh, the interception there. He was just as, as surprised as anybody. You saw him sort of pop up and realize, hey, the ball's in my, in my lab. I think that's a... I think that's a takeaway, and uh, ultimately uh, they agreed with him. So, um, yeah, you see that, you know, he's able to kind of stick with the guys. You know, Shanahan was saying that uh, he he needs a a little bit more work on the run support and all that stuff, but obviously what they've been seeing from him was enough to say goodbye to Tarquez Denard, and and that was a surprise because usually you want a veteran there, a guy who's experienced, who's good at the communication part of it, who's not going to get fooled. Not going to be any blown coverages, but I, I think that also tells you that Womack's been very good in that regard too. That uh, he's given them uh, quite a bit of assurance that he can do that September 11 onward. So is, is it fair to say that that he was maybe impressing them before we saw it in this game? Because obviously the two interceptions and you pointed out getting the head around quickly, the other one where he just rolls over on top of his man and, and pulls the ball away. That might have been Romeo Dobbs also. He was uh, up the sideline there. Anyway, has he impressed in practice or in camp? I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, that is another example of uh, seeing in the game what, what people are seeing at practice. And, and really, he was eating into Darquez Denard's um, snaps, first-team snaps. But I sort of qualified it in my own head as, okay, Darquez Denard is you know one of the few 30-year-olds on the team. This other guy needs a lot of snaps. That's how I sort of reconciled the fact that he was getting those. Because I, I did think that Denard was going to be the, the nickel in, in week one. But um, and, and we haven't spoken to, to Shanahan since this transaction occurred. So I don't really know. But my suspicion now is that Denard was was flagging. He was having trouble in those practices and uh, Womack was coming on strong. And, uh, you know, the, the 49ers made a made a decision. And uh, this means that Womack's going to get a lot of first team reps. I mean, we were just talking about Adam Thielen and, and Jefferson and, and those guys, both those guys line up in the slot quite a bit. So this will be a really, really nice week of work, I think, for, for Sam Womack just to kind of sharpen him even more before that first game against the Bears. Yeah, I'm excited to see more of them uh, in these next couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens. Uh, one more for you before we let you go, Matt. And, and we didn't really get into Trey Lance at all, but I think we all saw the performance, four for five, and the the uh, uh, deep 76-yard touchdown pass to Danny Gray. I want to ask you more about the interior offensive line because I did think that there were uh, there were some holes in it, it looked like, uh, throughout the week one game. Uh, obviously, Mike McGlinchey got burned at one end on the uh, the right tackle spot, and Trey Sermon got laid out in the, uh, in the backfield on the right side of the line there. But a couple of pressures up the middle to Trey Lance, one where he broke out to the left, and ran for three yards. I think it was his first drop back in the game and went into what he called the first ever slide of his football career. Never had to do that at North Dakota State. What did you think about the play of the interior offensive line? And and do you still think it's going to be a concern entering week one? Yeah, I I do. I mean, um, you saw uh, Spencer Burford, the the rookie, for example. He played longer than anybody else. He played uh, that that first series in in the third quarter, the only starter who was still in the game at that point. And I think that's absolutely uh related to the fact that Shanahan wants him to have as many snaps as possible and and now we, we should mention that Daniel Brunskill had a hamstring injury in that game played one snap uh so their, their fallback always had been okay well if, if Burford 
struggles. We always have uh, Daniel Brunskill. We, we know exactly what we have in him. And uh, that's probably true. There's probably still enough time that, that Brunskill could start there against the Bears. But, boy, more and more, each, each week that goes on, it's looking like a rookie right in front of uh, a second-year guy in Trey Lance at that critical right guard spot. So, um, you know, another guy is going to be interesting to watch in Minnesota. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's exactly what they expected to see. Some good, some bad, and uh, it's all about consistency from here on out. Well, should be fun, Matt. Uh, next preseason game goes down on Saturday, 4 o'clock kickoff here in the Bay Area. Uh, enjoy the, uh, the trip out to Minnesota, Matt. We'll talk to you soon, dude. All right. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff from Matt Barrows. Make sure you're reading him and following him all football season long. Great coverage by him and David Lombardi uh, of The Athletic uh, all over the 49ers. And yeah, that game goes down 4 o'clock on Saturday against the Minnesota Vikings. Then they come right back and they play a Thursday game against the Houston Texans out in Texas next week to wrap up the preseason. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to Matt Barrows. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. We've actually only got one more episode of the update. Our run on the update is coming to an end. Our final episode on Friday, we'll do a little Giants talk. Uh, You know I want to end it with a Giants guest. And our first guest ever on the update was Grant Brisby. He's going to be the guy to bookend our run on the update. So a little Giants talk with Grant Brisby coming up on Friday. Until then, everybody enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then. 